Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Did you know that I have an email list that I send information, tips and tricks, PDFs, food recipes, advice, and so much more? My mission is to help local professionals and real estate agents. And one of the ways that I can do this is through my email list. So to sign up for awesome content with marketing tips and tricks, to stand out from the crowd, just go to kristamayshore.com slash email list. That's kristamayshore.com slash email list. Hey everyone, are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. Today we've got rock star, one of my good friends, Sharon Shravatsa. He sounds like he's Italian, but he's not. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about tactics and strategies for real estate. But if you're not in real estate, you still want to listen in. He has sold over a billion dollars, just billions of dollars in real estate. Sharon, 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 Sharon. I'm so happy to have you here. First of all, He's such an amazing person. He took the whole summer off, like literally the whole summer. It's still summer for him. And he was so generous to come on this show. Sharon, thank you for being here. So thanks for having me. I, I know a lot of people don't realize how hard this is. It takes time to do this. And you do this out of the goodness of your heart, giving people great value every single time. So super excited to be here. Share some, uh, share some good stuff with, uh, with our listeners here. Yeah, so I got to tell you guys, he, Sharon is like a digital marketing genius. And I mean genius when I say that. I actually was on one of his trainings that he had, and he actually did something with me. And I, he blew my mind for a straight hour. I was like, oh, I love you. You're my new best friend. Uh, so that's Sharon. So we are going to be talking tactics and strategies. And I just, I'm just letting you roll because let's first start off with right now, everyone, I know you know this, wants listings. Yeah. Sharon, let's talk listings right now because listings are at the forefront. There's, you know, inventory is, is very, very low. Buyers are in high demand. What do we do? Yeah, so so let, let's do a little backstory, right? So the interesting part about this is the first time I knew nothing about when I first got into the real estate business, as most of us, we get in by accident. And the first um, one of the, you know, the, the my first time I went to a listing appointment, it was with one of the agents in my brokerage. We had 33 agents at that time in Beverly Hills. And over five years, we grew it from 33 agents to over 650 agents and then got acquired by Douglas Elliman. But during that time, I went on this $15 million listing appointment because the number one agent in our company said, hey, Sharon, as the, you know, as the, as the president of the company, can you come with me on this appointment? And I want, it, it, so, it was so sad, Krista, that I have literally never been to a worse appointment. It was so bad. For $15 and, million, did he get it? Well, yes, however, well, yes, but I don't, I'll, I'll give you the story around that. What I realized was there is, there is no real, there are no real ideas. There's no real structures. There's no real tactics that are given to people to help them get better inside the appointment because you and I, as uh, coaches, mentors, trainers, we can't really see what Jimmy, the agent is doing in the appointment. So we have no way to actually help them coach them around that, right? If, if I could look at your Facebook page or your ad strategy, I could 
it's easy because you can see it. What happens behind closed doors, no one can actually see. So the, the, what happened was I, I walked out of there saying, this is insane. I can't have a company where people are walking around with our business card, with our brand being that way. So over the next 18 months, I went on uh, over 248 listing appointments. We won over 97% of them with over a billion dollars in listings taken. Wow. So repeat that. So in the next 18 months, you went on over 400 listing presentations. 248 listing appointments. And got 97% over a billion dollars in real estate taken. Yeah. Stud. Yeah. And, and the interesting part here is there's a reason for that. There's a process for that is because most people never got any guidance on how to actually do an appointment. Right. And so we can talk through like a couple of very important things on how people can, um, I care more about, you know, when, once you get the appointment, people have spent so much time trying to get these appointments. They're like, Oh, I got an appointment. I got an appointment. I got more listings. I got more listing appointments, but they don't realize that they just have to manage a little conversion rate for every 10 appointments. Yeah. Right. And so going, getting 10 more, I would just like, I would just double your conversion rate. If you're only getting 50%, right. There's a chance I was getting 97% of point uh, listings taken, right? So if I can just, into getting five out of 10, if I got you to get seven out of 10, you don't have to go spend more leads, spend more time nurturing, spend more time geographic farming. You don't have to do all that. Like we're actually crushing our brands by losing appointments. Yes. Right? So what we do in the living room is super important. So uh, let's talk about like one of, one of my favorite things when it comes to a listing appointment. So uh, if you asked me and you said, hey, Sharon, if there's anything that you could share, that is super important that allows people to instantly do better and win more listings. And I will tell you it's this, right? I'm ready. Is, we're ready. We're ready. Come on, Sharon. It is win before you arrive. Win before you arrive. You've got to win before you arrive. The interesting part is if, Krista, you're inter interviewing three agents to list your home or two agents or whatever, Probably one of them is someone that you've seen a lot out of the, out there who looks like the number one agent in the marketplace. Probably one of them is somewhat connected to you, maybe a friend or a family member. And probably one of them is somebody that someone referred you to. Generally, that's what happens, right? It's someone that you know, someone that you got referred, and someone that is like in the area that almost has to get interviewed. Interviewed, yes, absolutely. So now the question is, well, who do you hire? Even, but the problem is everybody thinks that they can show up in the appointment and they can blow the client away. They can blow the client away. And, and the interesting part is it's not that. And let me, let me tell you the reason why. Funny story for you. So my wife and I, every Thursday night, we have date night. And we go to a very uh, charming place for date night. And that charming place is Whole Foods. We go to Whole Foods every Thursday night. And that's our time together. We push the cart down the aisles together. Nobody bothers us. We get like literally it's grocery shopping date night. It's like the greatest date night ever. One, one night, one, one evening when I was there, my wife was like, hey, 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 look, you see, see that couple? And I saw this couple at the end of the aisle. And she says, do you remember their names? And I said, why would I remember their names? She's like, well, we had dinner with them. I was like, there's no way we had dinner with them. So it's, and I actually have decent memory. So my wife reminded me that she's like, you know, yeah, I remember we had dinner with them. I kind of think it was in Laguna. I think we went to this restaurant. I, I'm not sure. Um, and, and that's when I realized like, well, let's definitely not go down this aisle because I don't want to like yeah. you know, be, have this awkward kind of, you know, connection. So we scooted out of there. We left and I was driving uh, home, Kristen. I was thinking my wife and I invited this other couple to dinner. I probably paid for it too. We probably sat there, 
three to four hours enjoying each other's company. And in two months, I can't even remember their names. Or their faces. Nothing. And now agents who think they're amazing, which is true, what they do is they think, hey, I'm going to show up in the appointment and I'm going to blow Krista's socks off and then she will remember everything that I said. No, she won't. I can't even remember their names. Yeah. Right. And so everybody thinks that they can have this amazing impact on a client, on a prospect in the living room. In fact, they don't realize at that time, the client's just doing that. Like they just, they just want to make a choice. And when they want to make a choice, they want to make a good choice for themselves. We've got to be the front runner before we get there. Before Agreed. we get there. I yeah. know where you're going with this and I love it. Yeah. I, I do so so let's talk about the first way, the Krista the Mayshore way of making sure that you win before you arrive. So if anybody knows how you coach and how you teach, you talk about digital omnipresence, right? I know, I know you do that. Like if they don't see more stuff of you on retargeting, like you're crazy because from the time they book the appointment, from the time they book the appointment time you show up, you should literally be everywhere. And if you don't know how to do that, you need to hire somebody to do that because they're, like I should be like, oh my, the first thing I should say as a client when you enter the living room is, Krista, I see you everywhere. Like yes. if I don't see that, you have like you as the agent have failed. And the Absolutely. interesting part right now, you and I will agree on this, is there, there cannot be a time where you can do this easier than now. Absolutely. Imagine, like 10 years ago, us trying to do that, it's impossible, right? So the first thing I would say is, if you have to get your ninja kind of tactics on, you should, uh, you know, buy Krista's course or get on her trainings and figure out how to do this omnipresence retargeting. Because if you don't, you are at a significant disadvantage. But number two, Krista, I'll give you the, people always say, oh, um, you need to have like five touches before you actually show up. But they'll never tell you what those five touches are, right? So let me give you the five touches. This is so easy. And I'm shocked how mechanical this is that people won't do it. So here's what I tell people. Hey, it's very simple. Get the $9.99 Calendly account just for calendaring, right? Literally say, oh, I'm meeting Krista at 3 p.m. Click enter. Krista gets an email right away saying you got a booked appointment. It also gives you the calendar link so they can add it to their calendar. Then 24 hours later, it, before it automatically sends a reminder. And then four hours before it automatically sends a reminder. You literally have to do nothing. And there's been three touches in place. And now the client's like, oh my gosh. Krista is on point on this. She sent me a reminder right away. She put it in my calendar right away. She automatically sent a reminder 24 hours before, and she reminded me right before she was showing up. Even if you just do that, what it does, it validates that you are on the ball, that you have the system in place to remind them of everybody. And normally when I walk in, I always tell them, hey, that's how I generate showings. That's how I do the other appointments. So they're like, oh, I see how this agent works. I see how diligent they are because that is their only indication of how they work with you. It's so true. And I have to tell you this, is that um, you're always on a job interview. I always tell my students, you're always on a job interview. Everything that you, everything that you do is a representation of how you're going to do business. Right. So we do the same thing. We even follow that up by dropping off a marketing plan before the appointment Good. on their doorstep beforehand. We knock on the door and we introduce ourselves. Then we send a pre-listing video, which by the way, you have, Sharon, yeah. before they go. Then we send a copy of our book that says what to expect when selling your home. So yeah. they're getting all this stuff before you even show up, which shows, I mean, you, like Sharon said, you send your reminders, right? You treat it like a dentist or a doctor's office would. Doctor's offices give you reminders. They give you text reminders because that's what they do. We have to do the exact same thing. Awesome. 
So, so here, here's, here's why you just nailed what you just nailed, right? So the, the point is this, what people always, they, they want to learn the objection handlers, which we can talk about. They want to learn like how to present marketing, which we can talk about, but all of that is irrelevant. You've worked so hard to get the appointment. You got to be able to say, Hey, when I get an appointment, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, there are seven things that happen. You literally can outsource that entire process. You don't have to do anything with it. And if you were running a team, you literally should tell your admin, hey, listen, when I get an appointment, do these seven things. That's it. And because and, and, and I, I, I like doing things that I am not involved in, right? Like Absolutely. There's no reason. The only things that I, as the agent, should be involved in is meeting with the client, negotiating deals, and like making sure they get whining and dining them so they get me a bunch more referrals. Like literally, that's my entire job. And strategizing about my business. If I don't need to be there, and the process can be handled by somebody else that pretends like I'm there. It's a really or a lot of your your CRM can do most of this stuff. The CRM really? can do all these things: text message reminders, a video text message, the whole nine yards. I mean, we just push a button, put in the date, and bam, it all happens automatically. Yeah, you know, from the time sequence, so it's super super easy. It's well, and the interesting part is interesting part is this too. Um, let's a lot of people get freaked out about video. You are very you're you're a very charismatic person. You you do amazing stuff on camera. Like I I am you know even. Even before you and I got to hang out the first time, I had seen, and I told you this, by the way, I had seen, I was like, wait, I know her. Chris, is, <laughs> she's been in my feed for like three years now. This is amazing, right? But, but the interesting part here is for those that are freaked out about video, I always tell people this, oh, just, you don't have to send a formal personal video on every appointment. You're crazy. You can literally pick up the phone and say, Hey, it's Sharon. I'm really excited to meet with you on meet, meet with you this week. This I'm really excited. You can do it generically, right? Mm -hmm. On our upcoming meeting, I'm in between appointments. This is why I'm shooting this from my phone. Uh, and the three things that we're going to cover tomorrow are one, two, three, and my team's going to actually drop something off for you to actually review. And uh, that'll be the first part of our agenda. And then of course we can talk about whatever you would like. So what I'm doing there is saying one, I'm on the road. I'm busy. Number two, that's why this is informal. Number two, you're going to get something dropped off. So expect that they're like, Oh, that's cool. Number three, we're going to start with that. So make sure you read it. And then everything we'll talk about everything else after. If you do that, now they know what the next steps are, which means they're already taking your guidance, which means they're already kind of sort of your client. And that's no all. one does this kind of thing. It's just amazing to me. It's just like what you said, you know, you spend so much time. Everyone says, if I ask 2,000 agents, which we have, what do you want? They all tell me the same thing. What do they say? What, what do they want, Sharon? They, they want more listings. Leads. They always say leads. Oh, I'm like, yeah. you don't want leads. You want closings. Yeah. You don't want leads. You want closings. And so they spend all this time marketing and then they get the lead. They nurture the lead. They, and now the conversion time comes and yeah. they just do what everyone else does. They just show up. It's like, no, you can't just show up. You got to do everything before you show up so that when you, if they're interviewing other people, which most, in most cases they are, especially if you're a top producer, sure. they're usually interviewing other people. So when you show up, show up with your guns on and before you even show up, make sure that your guns were already out, right? Yeah. I, I literally believe that um, there's two parts of the listing presentation that process that if, if an agent gets done right, um, they will skyrocket their conversion and, and in that process get an insane number of referrals. So now I would say the first part is when before you arrive and you should have at least, you know, five, four to six touches. And, I, and as Krista said, you can totally automate that process. 
because, and if you don't, like you're crazy, heck, do it annually if you need to. Uh, if you, you don't have you figure any, the- <laughs> but and figure it out later, but you have to touch them because when I get there, they should, they should have always, I, I should be the front runner in the appoint in the appointment sequence when I get there. Right. That's you the wouldn't moment. believe too. All those little things count. Like oh, yeah. I always tell my team and my students, every little thing counts. All the little things add up to big things. Even after the listing, right? You send a bomb bomb video right there on, before you leave and get in the car, you send a bomb bomb video saying, so great meeting you. I would love the opportunity to work with you if you didn't already get the listing, which you should have. But if you didn't send a bomb bomb video, right? Follow it up with a card. I mean, all those little things happen. And for each one of those little things from sending the pre-listing video, dropping off the marketing plan, sending the text message reminder, like you said, sending the card, doing the bomb bomb video. For every one of those things, I've had at least 20 to 15, 20, 15 to 20 people tell me, I hired you because of that one thing. Sometimes it's just the card. Sometimes it's the video text. Sometimes it's the marketing plan. So yeah. when you do all of those together, you're just increasing your odds. You're giving yourself more leverage to win. Well, and think about this for a second. For, for those that are listening, if you think that you're amazing, like most people will tell me, oh, I'm really good with people. That's like my favorite thing that real estate agents tell me. Oh, I'm really good with people. I'm like, no one cares that you're really good with people. It, it's irrelevant, right? <laughs> most agents are. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, yeah, exactly. And I actually have this, this, um, this one, one real estate agent, you know, pretty successful in, in, in his marketplace. He's like, you know, Sharon, I, um, when I show up for the appointment, it's all about the client. So I just show up with a yellow notepad and I ask questions and I'm like, you can do that, but welcome to 2020. You're going to get eaten alive by Oh, me. yeah. Like, your yellow notepad yes. is freaking useless. Like, it, it, <laughs> I, I appreciate that, but you have to come there guns blazing. Your yellow notepad and 400 questions isn't do anything. You need to, like, you need to blow me out of the water before you get there. Right? Yes, so absolutely. The interesting part is um, that there's a reason why those touches are important. And, it, and the, the reason is, Krista, because think about that uh, Whole Foods example I gave you. I had dinner with these people. What happens is we take the entire experience as one data point. That's why. So my entire hour mm. was literally only one interaction with that person. Right? I get but, you. But now a text message is one, a call is one, a video is one, a drop off is one. Now I've had five interactions with you when you get there. So conceptually speaking for not me not knowing anybody else, I know you five times better than the other two. Absolutely, right? yes. Every single interaction. So very, very simple. If you want to stay in touch with, if you want to stay in touch with a friend uh, that you haven't talked to in a long time, what do you do? You you don't you don't just have a call and catch up for an hour and then don't talk to the friend for another ten years. You call, text, email, Facebook, call, send them pictures. The, the touches, comment, like, post, everything. Yeah. Right. The, the, every touch is another data point and a collection of data points make for the rapport not a one-off i blew you away i think that's crazy you didn't remember someone you had dinner with i mean you gotta really people have to really hear that it kind of reminds me of this is that i we just built a house about two years ago and we had new blinds put in right and we had closet organizers put in and i loved my blind lady i love my closet lady do you know how many times I've gotten asked for a referral for blinds and closet organizers and I cannot even refer them because they did not keep in touch with me. I don't see them on social media. I, I, they left a card. I don't even remember their name, Sharon. This is true. They were dealt with me for four to six months. I mean, over my house multiple times, picking out fabric, measuring, you know, how many shoes things do I want? You name it. And I cannot remember their names. You know how much business they've lost? I'm a real estate 
professional that could refer them and their company to people globally. And they lost out because they are not top of mind. Well, I'll give you something even funnier, right? So, um, as agents, we, you know, we think we should at least get automated stuff to our clients. So um, I, I, like to, I like to support all the agents that work in my marketplace, especially that used to work in our companies. So uh, when we bought our house, like I could have done it myself, but I had the agent, I had our, one of our agents in the, that was in the marketplace, you know, take care of the, take care of the purchase, right? Oh, I love you. The deal, and I was like, hey, can you just write this up? And they're, not, they're not keeping in touch with you? So I'll give you an example. Um, last year, so so in the last in the year of 2019, I gave out close to 280 million dollars in referrals. Oh my gosh! Okay? So generally, so roughly in any given year, I give out roughly about 200 million dollars in referrals, roughly, right? Um, this is we've been in our house five, six years now. In the last three years, I have not even gotten an email from this person. Wow! So this agent who knows that I literally, I as the president of the business gave her the deal. She, I, I don't, I get nothing in the mail, no email, no, t- nothing for three years. I've not even heard. I've not even heard. From, I have no idea where she is. Yeah. Is That's crazy. Which you have wild. to make it to where, so how many times have all of you, and I want to get back to the listing presentation here, but how many times have all of you been somewhere out and you see someone, your client that, that loved you, you did a great job, you had a great experience. And they're like, I just bought a house. We're so excited, Krista. And you're like, great, but you didn't use me. Why didn't they use you? Because you didn't stay top of mind, yeah. right? You didn't stay top of mind. So go back to the listening presentation. We're getting, we're getting sidetracked. So, yeah. so what so, else? So tactics. So, so, that's the, so there are, two, there, there are two, two big things that we can use to control. So the first one is I would stop and say to you in, in your process, how do I win before I arrive? And can I induce a couple of these data points? Even if you think there are, even if you think that one email reminder is, uh, is petty and it's trivial, Think again, because every touch point is a data point that allows you to build that kind of the factor of you being the front runner when you get there. So I would say, Krista, just like you, it's probably at least four to six touches, maybe five touches. Prescribe them, get them written up, give them just like somebody to execute on when you get an appointment. And instantly you will see when you show up, you're a celebrity in that living room, which is really powerful. Now, um, part two, if we can do part two of this. I actually, and part two is controversial, by the way. So let's, let's talk through this, right? Okay. Um, This is super important. So here's what happens, right? But here's how the average listing appointment happens. I walk in the door. So let's say, Krista, I am the agent and you're, and and, and you're the, you're the prospect, you're the client. I say, hi, Krista. Thank you so much for having me. I love your house. This door, isn't it mahogany? Man, you've done such a great job. And I love the landscaping. Oh, by the way, do you mind if I can, can I keep my shoes on or would you like me to take them off? Oh, take them off. Great. No problem. Awesome. And then what instantly what happens is I, I walk in the house and I start looking around like a, an average agent does. And what does the client say? Oh, would you like a tour? And you're like, I would love a tour. Can I set my bag down right here? This, if this doesn't sound familiar, like this, this is <laughs> exactly familiar. where an appointment goes, by the way. Yes, absolutely. And here's what happens. You start going through the house. You're like, oh, I love what you've done. Oh, is that, uh, do you ski in Aspen? I ski in Aspen too. I'm like, nobody cares about you skiing in Aspen. You don't get rapport that way. I'm like, oh, great. Now I have another person that's skiing in Aspen. I don't want to talk to her, right? That's what people are thinking. Then they're like, they keep going down. Then they, they, they're, they're, as, they as they start giving you the tour, 
you're trying to make small talk in a weird hallway, which is super weird. And then the client's like, oh yeah, you know, the Johnson's hallway next door is actually worse. Our kitchen's way better. Let me show you our kitchen. And then they take you to the kitchen. They're like, we just redid this. We put in $14,000. We need our $14,000 back. Have you seen the other kitchen? Do you know, do you know the Johnson's home? How, it, how did that appraise for more? Like now, now suddenly you have to give why a property sold for a reason and you have no rapport. You haven't even seen the full house. Now you have to like tell them that they're going to get their $14,000 back. You are screwed. <laughs> like you're screwed because why? Because why? The problem is because you didn't establish yourself as the authority to begin with. You let 100%. And there's multiple ways to do this, by the way, but there's a very easy way to take control of the situation. And, and you don't want so people will disagree with me on this, but I will tell you this. I don't want the tour. The, the, the issue is- Ever? The issue, no, I do. Not right okay. away. Okay. So tell me what you do. Yeah. When you walk in, when you walk in, let's get some control. When you walk in, you're like, hey, can I put my shoes down? Awesome. Here are the words. Krista, where can we sit down and strategize? Do not change the script. Where can we sit down and strategize? Now you're not saying, can I sit in the living room? Like, where can we sit down and strategize? They have no option of giving you the tour, nothing. I like that. Sure. On. You, I like you, that. I said yeah. I don't do that. And I, I, I like that. Well, well, brilliant. I, I, this is, this is ex the, the higher the price point, the higher the price point, the more skeptical they are when they give you the tour and you don't want it. Right. And, and the lower the price point, the more, uh, more conscious they are of what they have and don't have. They're like, don't look in this closet. I'll clean this up when I list it. They'll go into that. You don't want that at all. Yeah. You, you want to develop rapport before any of that and express as the authority and the expert. Yeah. So where can we sit down and strategize allows you to do two things. Number one, it allows you to take control of the situation where they don't know what's going to happen in an appointment. Right. So what you're saying is, Hey, I got you. Let's sit down, calm the hell down, let's chat. I got you, and just like I do this, I do everything else. Right now, when I'm in the house, I am the boss. They <laughs> need to feel extremely safe in this process. The number one emotion that we want to create in the living room is not that they are impressed with you, is not that they are blown away with you, is not that they're connected to you, is not that they like you, is not that they trust you, none of that. They just need so to- So what if they say, Oh, do you want me to show you the house first? Oh, absolutely not. Let's sit down and strategize. We'll get to that later. Absolutely. But let's strategize first. Oh, well, let's, where can, Hannah, I'd love to see the house, but where can we sit down and strategize? Great. Okay. Don't like, we think, is, is, why are we giving them, if someone says, well, oh, let's, let's chat for a few minutes. Yeah, and so if they, if they push it, I've had people push it, by the way. You can say very simple, hey, let's chat for a few minutes and set up our game plan for the day so that I can use your time wisely. Yes, right? I so like it. There is, there is no way I'm getting a tour because when I go through that first hallway, they're going to ask me the dumb question that I don't know the answer to, that I don't know what they care about. I don't know where they're moving. I don't know how much they want to sell for. I don't know if they have the first, second, or third lien. I don't know how much they put into the house. I don't know who they, which other uh, neighbor's house they've seen. I don't know if they're ups upside down. I don't know if they're interviewing other agents. I literally don't know anything. Yes, yeah, I like that. That's awesome. And now because of that, I'm at an insane disadvantage. And now here's what happens, Krista. Now I have to sit down. And now because they've asked me those four questions, I am frazzled as the agent. And I don't know where to start in my presentation. Because now if I don't start with uh, the comps, 
they just ask me about the comp. And if I don't start with the comp, I'm a jerk. So then what, what do you start with then? So, so they listen to you yeah. and you sit down at the table. What's, what's the next step? The first thing you do is you pull out the title, uh, the title property profile or the, or the public record and be like, hey, um, Mr. Mrs. Klein, did you know that this was a representation of, of your home by the state or the city right now? Oh, you've never seen this? This is called a public record or title property profile. It says your home is owned by Krista Mayshore Trust. Is that correct? Oh, awesome. It says you bought this in uh, 1997 for $212,000. Is that right? Oh my gosh, that's an amazing deal. It says that you have a, it says you have a mortgage with Bank of America. Do you remember what the payment on that is? Oh, it's 7.6%. There may be an option there, but let's talk about that more. It also says that you have a second. Oh, I don't have a second. What do you, oh, you it says you have a second with Wells Fargo. Well, I only have a home equity line for $300,000. Oh yeah, yeah, we call that a second mortgage. That's how that works. So let's double check that number. Is it 300,000? What's the interest rate on that? Good. Did you know that one out of four public record um, instances are actually incorrect? I'm so glad that all yours is correct because my recent client had one of those incorrect and that's what everything goes off on. So I wanted to make sure that was right because that is what we're selling. Now what happens is this. When you sit down with your CPA, when you sit down with your attorney, they don't ask you about, oh, your kids ski in Aspen, I ski in Aspen too. No, everybody thinks that trying to get reports to look around the house and whether you like the blue doll or the Aspen thing. When I get to the conversation, I get to the money right away because the money is in the facts. When you get to the facts, you're the one that controls the property record, the property profile, that public record, whatever. And when you walk them through that, they know, they, you know something that they don't and you're teaching them and walking them I through I don't know. I, I agree and I disagree. So I love developing rapport. Sure. I'm a great Hold rapport on. builder and that has a lot to do as well as establishing authority and trust. But you've got to develop rapport as well, even during that conversation. 100% correct. 100% correct. But here's so you got to throw in the rapport building. Of course, the people have to understand this. Rapport has to be built around your, your, your discussion of your facts. It's not, you're, it's not like, oh, let's chat for a while and then let's talk shop, right? So if I'm going into the presentation, the, the, what I'm trying to tell, you, tell everybody is this. When you're you the boss. To, when you get to the appointment, they don't know what happens. It's not like they've gone to a dentist's office and they know that first you go in, the first, they come out, they take a bunch of x-rays, then the, then the our cleaning person comes out, they clean, then the doctor comes. They, you know what happens. When someone walks into your house, you have no idea what happens. You don't know what they're going to do. So you want to give them the game plan. All I'm saying is sit down and strategize your game plan. Hey, we're going to do four things today. Do I still have an hour with you? Awesome. First, we're going to do this. Second, we're going to do this. Third, we're going to do this. Fourth, we're going to do this. Before we do any of that, I have no idea. Like, did you, when did you buy this home? Oh my God. Now you can do rapport. Now you can, you can do all of that. Right. Okay. But, but you're, just, actually, you're just establishing yourself to sit down. You're, you're, you're calling the shots. I have actually seen more people establish rapport and they, they, they're, they get great rapport, but they bleed out all their time 15 minutes later. And then they rush through their, their, their presentation and they don't know then now they're like, oh my gosh, I'm over. And it's now it's been an hour and a half. They're all glazed over on this process, right? So yeah. the more structured you can make your presentation, the more they know what happens next, right? You're creating Okay, safety. gotcha. It makes sense. So where can we sit down and strategize? Yeah. And however, however your flow is, if you think your flow is whatever their flow is, you're wrong because they're going to, they're literally, they're going to go to instantly. What do you think my home's worth? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're screwed. Like there is no, like people talk about, 
I, I am I am seven objections deep on everything. Like I I'm unbeatable. Like you cannot beat me on objections, right? Like I th there is a reason for that. The reason is I practice a lot of my stuff, and the, when you structure the flow, you get fewer objections. The number one reason why people get objections is because they have they have unstructured presentations. Mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. the number one reason because that just means your order is mismatched. Like you can't talk about if you if someone asks you, well, Krista, what do you think my home is worth? That means you have not addressed that upfront. When you address public record upfront, no one will ask you what your home is worth because you've already established a baseline price. Mm -hmm. So the fastest way to actually never get the what do you think my home is worth in the first eight minutes is to actually do the hey, you bought it for this much, right? Awesome. Well, in this area right now, the last sale, you bought it for 217,000. What a great deal because in this area, the last sale was 786,000. I've already established an upper bound and a lower bound. They will not ask me what it's worth anymore because if they say it's worth around outside of that range, they look stupid. Oh, they still will, Sharon. <laughs> Totally, but but I, still be like, well, oh, but you know, I know the comps say that, but I put in grandma's tile in the kitchen, and everyone loves that bright green tile. It's the most important tile in the entire world. And did you see the mismatched red tile on the floor? <laughs> no, this is good. And so, and this is let's let's talk about that, right? Anytime someone uh, points out a very specific feature of the house which they're really attached to, um, there's a way to handle that. While, while, because, because a big part of uh, choosing you, big part of ha having safety around it is being accepted and validated for that feature. People don't realize that, right? So grandma's gr lime green tile, however ugly it is, is very, very important part artifact in that conversation. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see grandma's lime green tile. If it's okay with you, I want to just talk about this, whatever you're going to talk about. And then let's do a little tour and I'll actually look at it from the perspective of a buyer. And then we'll talk about how to actually position it best, maybe including the history lesson. You could do anything. Yes. Right? Yeah. Good. But if you, if you, the, we can't tell the client that grandma's lime green tile is not is not going to sell in the buyer's eyes today. We have to frame them to understand that, Hey, I understand this. I understand it's important. I understand it's valuable to you. I understand you put $16,000 in it, but I'm not going to tell you that this is not going to sell. I need to find a way to frame it for you. I love it too. When I mean, it's crazy when agents will start, you know, when they're when they do the walkthrough in the beginning, they'll start telling people what's wrong with the house. Oh, oh yeah. You're going to have to fix that. You're going to change the, make sure you change the carpet, but that's going to be replaced. It's like, Oh my God, don't ever talk about anything negative and tell you number one, ask for permission to give your, you know, professional opinion on what would help the home sell to its best advantage. But until you've also established rapport. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, so the, 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 I always think about the three important things that most agents miss in the first 10 minutes of the appointment. The first one is when before you arrive. Number two is, you know, hey, where can we sit down and strategize? You've got to take control and actually set the game plan for the meeting. And number three, it's the, you start the listing presentation with the money conversation. Because if the two things that agents are deathly afraid of, deathly afraid of, which the question that they know that they're going to get no matter what, and do you think it's smart to start that in the beginning because that's what they're thinking about anyways and they want to know and so they're not focusing on anything else you're saying until you tell them about the price? Not the pricing. I'm just saying take the origin of the property, right? You don't have to tell them about the price. You can just say, hey, you bought this for 217 Last, uh, we have homes in the market listed at seven eighteen. Uh, awesome. You, did, you made a great move. Today, we're going to talk about marketing, the right buyer, 
pricing and our best strategies around it. So I've already established, I've touched on that. I've scratched the pricing itch because now if they say, well, what do you think it's worth? They can't, even though if they will, they can't because it's not that you didn't bring it up at all. Most agents will say, well, let me tell you about my team. Let me tell you about my 72 point marketing plan. Let me tell you about like, that's cool. I appreciate all of that. But the thing that they're thinking about is how much you think it's worth and what do you charge? Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, Hey, that's part of this. I'm going to share it all with you. That way, when they ask you the question, you don't have to punt it. The most irritating thing for a client is this. When in the middle of the conversation, if they blurt out and say, well, what do you think my, well, what do you think my home is worth? And you say, well, I'll get to that. That literally they have stopped listening to you at that point. Yeah. Makes sense. Because you, because you've broken rapport, right? They asked you a question, you punted the answer. Right. And so this, this is no different than, let me, let me give you a, uh, I, I like the metaphors, like the Whole Foods analogy. Let me give you another analogy. Okay. So I went to the Four Seasons in Bali, right? So uh, amazing, amazing resort. And I get in there one day and I was getting a massage and I have really tight calves. Like I just have really tight calves. So I, she asked, the, the lady asked me, Sean, what would you like to work on today? Right? And I said, I, honestly, you don't need to touch any part of my body. Just beat my calves down. My calves hurt so bad. Right. <laughs> we go through a 90 minute massage appointment and she starts at my head and finishes at my toes and barely touches my calves. Oh, wow. Right? That's what most agents do. They have the same flow every time. And when I told her specifically, I wanted to do that. All she had to do was at the beginning of the appointment, she had to massage my calves for maybe 40 seconds and then had gone to do everything else. I would have still given her the benefit of the doubt. Should she listened to me. Most agents, when they get asked the question of what do you think my home is worth or what do you charge for your fee, what do they instantly do? Oh, they punt it because they feel like they have not framed the other things in the conversation to showcase their value around that. So just by saying, oh, great, a recent comp in your neighborhood just sold for this, it kind of just eases their mind a bit. Right. You can say essentially, hey, the, the four homes that are closest to ours have sold at 718, 721, 713, and 742. I'm excited to talk about our pricing strategy to get to the next best price. Yeah. Whatever. In a bit. Right? Gotcha. Okay. Un- right? Wonderful. So, yeah. The, the idea is that what we think when they're asking, they're not asking, well, what do you think my home is worth? They're asking, what do you think my home is worth? Because they don't know any other question to ask. Yes. Yes. Good. To them, and, and they want to know. Like, yeah, they have no idea, right? Because they don't ask these questions every single day. Like they really want to know the real question may be, hey, uh, how much am I going to sell this for so that I can actually get my equity out so that actually, I can actually put stuff away in my IRA? You have no idea what the question is. That's why you don't, want to, you don't want that early hallway conversation because they're going to pound you with what they've been thinking about the last two nights. Exactly. And they already can, if they've interviewed other agents and you're not the first one, they already kind of have their, you know, preconceived notions yeah, as to totally. the way things should go. So you're kind yeah. of going there and already saying the standard to be different. Yeah. So, and then, uh, this is the last thing I'll, I'll share. Cause you know, I could, I could do, I do a, I generally do like a very expensive two day listing presentation um, seminar. But the interesting part is this, the, the strat, like what they need to understand is that I, if I know that I'm, I'm the third agent coming in, I always tell them, Mr. Mrs. Client, strategy trumps everything. Let me give you an example. We, when, if, if you listed your home for a dollar, do you think you'll get a lot of offers? Of course you would. Strategy trumps everything. Hey, this, this property, it was listed at 852 and it came down to 730. In fact, if it was listed at 730, it may have gotten a lot more offers. That's strategy. Hey, we, may need, we, may not, we don't need to stage the entire house. We may only need to stage 
the living room. If we did that, and after our pictures, we can change it all back because strategy. When I tell them that, and I say, that's why I wanted to sit down and strategize with you before we did anything else, instantly. And then I say, the average agent always wants to take the tour first. And then they're oh, like, you wait, say that. 100%. Okay. I, I, I jam, I, I jam the average agent every single time because I want, when I walk out, I want them to think, oh my gosh, three other people were in here. And I guess they're average agents because the average agent always makes you take the tour first. So then why do you say you don't? Because I say it's all about strategy. Okay. Because when I say, where can we sit down and strategize? I say, Hey, it's all about strategy. Let me give you the strategy on how I did this. Let me give you the strategy on how we can do that. Let me give you the strategy on pricing. Let me give you the strategy on. So now when they ask me for pricing, I instantly go to pricing strategy and not pricing, right? I'm like, it doesn't really matter what your home is worth. It's all about the strategy that we go to the market with. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That sounds, that's great. That's great. Yeah. The, what they want to know is they want to be like, oh my gosh, I want Sharon's strategy because Sharon's strategy is the only thing that's going to get me the best results. Once they lock into that, they have to hire you and they can't even negotiate because what are they going to negotiate fees for? Because they're like, okay, you don't want me. No problem. Oh, they're thinking, oh my gosh, it's either Sharon and his strategy or I have to go with an average agent. Who's the better choice? It's Sharon. Right. But because you, now you've branded the average agent as everyone else. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's a, so you've got to do a few things differently for you to be able to brand the other agent as the average agent. Now, and you already are, saying, you're yeah. doing a few things differently. You're, you're, you're winning before you get there. And right. when you get there, you're taking control. Right. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't, I think it's totally unfair to like, you know, badmouth the competition. Like, you know, people will say things like, Oh, you know, uh, Jimmy's a really good agent. I have nothing bad to say about him. No, don't even go there. You can say, hey, uh, in our market, there are two types of agents, right? There's the average agent and there's people like that do what I do. That's it, right? And so let me show you what I do and blah, blah, blah. You walk them through it. And then they're like, oh, everybody else that came through did this. So they must be there. They will, so the clients will automatically put every other agent in the average bucket. Yes, got right? you. I love but, it. Very yeah. good. Very good. Very good. I, I, so, I, I want to go through your, your, I know you've got a really good process. I'd love to to go through that. I know it's, it's awesome. Well, um, it's, yeah, it's, I think, I think what people need to realize is most people just don't have one and most people have just never been coached on one. And, and the problem that I have, uh, Krista, that most people don't see that, that you, you have a really great advantage on is that, um, the people out there right now teaching how to do listing presentations have never, ever talked to a client. Have never done one. Yeah, exactly. Like, ever. Right. Yeah. Ever. And so like when someone throws them an object, like literally we have, we have people, coaches, trainers, whatever, who have written objection handlers for clients that they have never gotten the objection for. <laughs> like, you know that, that saying, Sharon, if you can't do, then teach. Well, it, it, I don't mind the teaching component of it, but, but like, not when you haven't done. Yeah. Because I'll tell you this, right. I've been with agents and, and, and there's an agent listening right now who's walking into an appointment, who's done great work, who is of deep integrity, who works her face off, who will do an amazing job for the client, and then has done the right CMA, has done the right pricing, has given great value. And then the client says, well, um, Jimmy said he'd do it for 4%. Exactly, yes. So the problem with that, Krista, is that this agent has done everything right and now has been thrown the discount that, you know, the fee discount question, right? 
And uh, two parts of this puzzle. Part number one is nobody who has not been in that place can ever write an objection handler that can feel the emotion of what is going through that good agent's mind and what's going on in her gut. She literally is thinking, oh my gosh, not only am I gonna have to take this at a lower price, not only am I gonna take a higher price, not only am I gonna take this at a lower fee, whatever objection handler was taught to that person does not come out because they're so shell shocked and they feel it in their gut. The reason I have an issue with folks that uh, are writing objection handlers or scripting listing presentations who have never been in one have never actually felt the emotion of being pinned on your back with that. And that's why I think that, you know, for what I have to do or what you do, you see and feel this every single day. And that's why folks should, you know, take some, pay a little heed to the advice and not just read a objection handler script from a script book. Right. Um, so, so let's say she got that 4% analogy. Now there's a lot of ways to answer that. You're on, you know, I think it's great, but you know, Susie said she would do it for 4% and she seems to do everything that you do. Yeah. So this is good. So by the way, a lot of ways to handle that. Right. And so whatever objection hand, whatever kind of handler I give you, uh, the, the audience will not understand the pieces of the puzzle because the first thing you realize about objection handling is there is no objection crusher. There is no, like you can't just, you can't just come back with something and then squash the objection. You should never, ever do that ever. Because when someone is saying that they're saying that to defend themselves. They're saying that to negotiate. They're saying that in a charged emotion. Yeah. And so, they, they believe what they're saying. Like that's, that's their, their, their perception is reality. Totally. Right. So the, the first thing, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. So let's talk about one, one way to handle that objection and different objections. The first thing that you do to handle an objection like that is you want to do two things. One, you want to center yourself. And at the same time, you want to make the client explain why they said what they said. Right. Okay. So the first thing, the first thing that you do is you say, because if I don't center myself, I'm not going to be able to handle the rest of the conversation because the objection handler is not a handler. It's a conversation. So here's, here's what I would do. The first thing I, how I would respond, Krista, is say, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. <laughs> and I would just stop because now one, I'm getting a little time to kind of handle myself and hold on to myself and like compose myself. And now two, when I ask the question back, now the client will say one of two things. They will either validate, yeah, of course, and they will give you everything that Susie said. They will yeah. give you everything. Or they'll say, yeah. And when they say, yeah, and they stop, literally this is the entire response. Hmm. And you say nothing. Because now I beat the client. The client gave you the objection. The client gave you a, a, a response. The client has to validate for you why they said what they said. Because if the client has really said that Susie does everything and she would do it for four, I want her to say that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susie said that she would do everything and do it for four. Uh, and then that's when you say- What is everything? Exactly. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, what, what, is, what is everything? And then let the client articulate what Susie said because the client has no idea. When the client starts to articulate their own thought process, they will find holes in their own thought process. And when they find holes in their own thought process, they tend to trust you more because you've helped them identify those holes. It's a really powerful thing that anytime you're shoved with an objection, the reason why 
Krista, you and I, if, if I gave you a, a, a problem and, and, or gave Jenny the agent a problem and she didn't know how to handle it, the reason she doesn't know how to handle it is because she doesn't have enough information to handle it. Not that she is stuck, she just doesn't have enough information. That's all it is. Yes, right? exactly. I like that. So basically just repeating it and pausing. Yeah. And letting see, them tell you the reasons why they're going to do it for that price. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the mirror, right? Like you're saying, huh, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. And then let them respond. Yeah, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. And she said she'd do this. And she said she'd do that. And she said she'd do this. L- literally. And then here's what actually happened to a client recently. Um, well, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. I'm like, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. Yeah. And she said she was going to get our property on, on 142 different websites for the same price. And you're and like, said, that just, you put it on the MLS. It's all oh, you so, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is what, this is what I tell. Oh, so she said she would get to you, your property on 147 different websites for the same price. Can I show you something? And literally, literally open my laptop, jump on the Wi-Fi, log into the MLS and saying, there's this button here. Do you see what it says? It says submit. When I hit that button, it goes to 147 websites for free. <laughs> yeah. Average agents will tell you things that they get for free that they actually pretend to wrap it up into value. What else did Susie say? Right now they have to like validate what they're saying over and over again. Right. The reason I'm suggesting this is most people have think that they they can come back to an objection handler with a zinger. I've seen, I've been on big conferences stages where people like, Hey, just give me the objection handle for the expired listing. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand. You never want to crush an objection because when you crush an objection, you have actually completely destroyed rapport. You never want to crush an objection. And like, I actually have top agents will tell me, oh yeah, she asked me about the commission objection and I crushed the objection. Yeah. And you crushed your rapport at the same time. You never want to crush an objection. You have to, any objection needs to be handled with extreme gentleness and care. Kid, I, I agree. That's very, very good. That's very, very good. Yeah. So, an and if you, you know, yeah. and yeah. Like, honestly, the, the commission question doesn't come up very often if you've shown enough value. If you've shown enough value and done all the things, I mean, it comes up, but it, sometimes it's like just a very quick glance. You know, it, it, they glance over it because they've already made their own mind up because they can see the difference of what that means. Her- Correct. And, and the, the commission stuff is, um, and, and the interesting part is, you know, different people like uh, different parts of this, but I actually have moved away from actually even using the commission word. I just, I just call it the fee because when you say commission to the average uh, client, the client thinks one of two things. Hey, I have a slice. I have a big pizza and you're taking away a slice. And they feel like, you know, that's number one. The second is it's instantly when you go commission, they instantly think used car dealer. It's negotiable. Right? Mm-hmm. They, not only do they think it's, it's negotiable, they also think it's sleazy. That's why I never even talk about, you know, I, I just say, hey, our fee, you know, our fee to do all of this all-inclusive is this, right? And then they're like, oh, okay. And if they, they, they can talk about it. We can, uh, we can talk, like, fee is like a whole day, right? There's so many ways that you can structure fees. Um, but what people need to realize is that you are going to get the price question. Right. And so you're going to get the price question. You're going to get the commission question. Like you're going to get that. It's just part of the process. Absolutely. You cannot take on listings without that. That's the reason why buyer's agents succeed as buyer's agents because they never have to talk price and they never have to talk fee. That yeah. is the reason. That's the reason, right? So if you want to be a high producing listing agent, you should have a very good structure on how you present list fees and how you present pricing. 
And the way to present pricing is always to present it as pricing and not price. Because what is price? List price, asking price, final sales price? No, I always tell people this, Krista. Um, it's about pricing, but list, the list price is an invitation, right? Just tell people, hey, the list price is an invitation. You tell the client, the list price is an invitation. We have a million dollar house, you can list it at four million, then literally you're telling people, you're not inviting them to take a peek at it. Yes, but yes. I, but if I listed it at 400,000, I've created an insane invitation, so the list price is an invitation. Now let me show you how we get from list price to the final sales price, maximizing the range in which we can get results. They're like, oh, show me that. Then you can show them all the stuff that you do in the process, right? So the key part of this stuff is always understanding that we've got to divide our listing presentation into like this, these, these two chunks. Number one, when before you arrive, and number two, the first 10 minutes of the appointment or the first eight minutes of the appointment where you sit down and strategize the game plan for the appointment and where you bring up money. And the faster you bring up money, the faster you're an advisor. Everyone's like, I want to be a trusted advisor. And I'm like, you can't be a trusted advisor without talking about money. Yeah. So the faster you talk about money and just, just frame it and then say, hey, we're going to go deeper into pricing and, and our pricing strategy in about 15 minutes. I'm going to show you the three pieces that are needed before we get to pricing. Can I show you that? Awesome. Now you've actually established what needs to happen before you get to pricing. Oh, great. This has been awesome. And I, and gosh, Sharon, we've gotten so much into this part and I hadn't even gotten to your brain about like Instagram and your digital marketing savvy, which means I'm going to have to interview you again. I cannot believe we've not gotten there because that's like so, so huge about how you, he is an Instagram genius. And I want you to know that just, you've given me some really, really great key factors here that I didn't think of before. I didn't do that. Um, I was that agent that walked the house. And I think that now I probably wouldn't be. I, I really, really agree with what you're saying. And it makes total sense to me. You'll get full, like, think about this, right? You will get full control. And yes. uh, I'll, 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 leave you, I'll leave you with this, right? When you, people don't realize this. For the, um, for the CEOs that I mentor who run very, very large companies, uh, I don't need to teach them strategy or tactics. I also don't even need to teach them mindset. Like if someone is, I, I have a client that runs a hundred million dollar plus company. Like this is not hundred million dollars in, in sales. This is like a hundred million in revenues. Like yeah. they created this, right? And he's 34 years old. Like the problem for him is not, he doesn't need like a separate tactic from me on how to sell more medical devices. What he needs to realize is that when you're in a good place, emotionally, mentally, physically, you will make better decisions. Right. And so the reason why we want to get sit down and strategize is to put ourselves in a good in a place. better position mm -hmm. when you're in a good place. And I say, you're place, not on defense, gonna, right? You're not in the defense. You're correct. You're, def you're defensive. Right. When you're in a good right. place, yeah. <laughs> anytime you're stuck, anytime you're stuck, anytime you're given a tough question, your job is not to try to answer the question or come up with a crushing objection handler. That's not what it is. Your job is to instantly get to a good place. Because when you get to a good place, you automatically make a better decision. That's why you're saying, huh, Susie said she'd do it for 4%. Take a second, calm down while they respond. Now, as you get to a better place, you will be more open to ideas. You'll be more open to thoughts. You'll be more open to the data points. Therefore, you can address them in a very thoughtful way. Um, when we're in a good place, we make better decisions. And so for someone like you walking in, if you can just get to a good place, then you automatically start to make better decisions.
Yes, I love it. This is going to be a great one. This YouTube is going to love this too. And we're anywhere on the podcast, but this is going to go on, our, on the, my YouTube channel as well. People are always Googling like how to do a listing presentation, what to say. So this will be awesome for that. So Sharon, thank you so much. I'm going to have to have you back, you know, because I have to actually pick your brain on just the Instagram strategies. He gave me a couple of great ones that I've been using um, the last time I saw Sharon live. And I got to admit, I'm, I'm not impressed by too many people in the real estate business. And I don't mean that conceitedly, but with Sharon, I absolutely am. He caught my attention uh, at a live event and I was like, I love this guy. And it's just like, kind of felt like I was instantly attracted to his brain and also uh, the type of person that he is. So you're learning from somebody who's been there, done that, a billion dollar agent. Sharon, thank you so much. And um, I always ask everything, I always ask everyone if they could give one piece of advice, um, what would that be uh, to agents before, before, you, before you leave? Yeah. So the, the one thing that I will tell you is uh, everybody talks about the hustle these days. It's like hustle, 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 right? It's like the more you hustle, the more calls you make, the more clients you touch, all of that is cool. But uh, I think execution has gotten a bad name. And what I would tell you is uh, the hustle comes from a really tough place. I, I want to give you a phrase that you can think about, and I want you to do it from a good place, which is organization before execution. The more organized we are about our lives, the more organized we are. When I say organization, I don't mean like be tidy and put stuff in the right place. Be like, hey, I'm coming into work today. Cool, awesome. I have four hours. What am I going to accomplish in these four hours? Can I get, as opposed to putting 27 things on my list and getting four done, can I put the right things on? Can I get the right things done? Anytime I would tell you, because we as agents, brokers run our own businesses, it's very easy for us to run it in a very cottage industry type of way. But the more organized you are, the more stable you are, the more stable you are, the more grounded you are. And people can see that in every interaction. So I'd say uh, the hustle and grind will leave you tired and resentful. But um, so, so think organization before execution. Do a little bit of organization before you actually go start conquering the world. And this is coming from like the systems master. Like Sharon is the systems master. I mean, he's created several uh, multi-million dollar companies. He has 10X businesses. Tell us is, is a great one that he actually 10X um, very, very quickly. And who bought that from you, Sharon? Uh, Douglas Elliman. Douglas Elliman, just a, you're just a genius and someone I absolutely respect. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that. And thank you so much for your time, especially given that you're taking the whole summer off to be with your family and to write your new book. Um, how are you doing on the book, by the way? I'm a third of the way done. But wow. Good for you. A third of the way done. And what's the book about? Um, it's about um, how you go from broke to billions. How you go from broke to billions. I want to read it. Yeah, yeah. I'll prove it for you if you'd like. I can start proofing it for you. You got it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, good one. Thank you for being here. Remember, learning is great, but without implementation, nothing happens. Sharon gave you some amazing tactics today. So go get fired up and get to work. And thank you so much for your time. I'll see you next. Do you need help standing out, getting more clients, and making more money with video? Well, I have the perfect guide for you. Even if you have no idea where to start and have never used video before, my Video Maven course will work for you. In today's market, it's nearly impossible to stand out and generate business unless you are seen. And this number one tool right now is video. To get my Video Maven course, just visit videomavencourse.com slash yes. That's videomavencourse.com slash yes.